see here. All right, we are live. This is Defending Our Worldview Lesson 5. And at Gregory's, uh, not request, but recommendation last week, we are talking about socialism. And it does appear that in our... Uh, In our day-to-day -day lives today, if we look at, uh, I think we're down at, what, 18, 15 Democratic candidates? Um, they all are promoting strong socialism. And uh, so what's our worldview there? I thought uh, it might be a good idea to define socialism before we get started, just to make sure that Mike is on board, because you know how he is with definitions. So, um, socialism is the concentration of power into the hands of government elites to provide two things. Central planning of the economy and radical redistribution of wealth. Now, I think I may be wrong, but we've got two professional men here making good money. We got one entrepreneur, thank God, also making good money, and we've got three poachers on the society. No, let's see. <laughs> you guys are not yet producing. Is that right? Hopefully. Yeah. No tax breaks, though. Moochers. No. no um, actually, I have to pay um, Social Security taxes. You have to pay Social Security. Okay. So, but you're not, you're not making any income. I made $400 this year. Nice, nice. Okay, so you're already experiencing the fact that you thought you made $400, but Uncle yeah. Sugar gets a little bit of that action. I get it. All right, so let's just go around the room real quick. And I'm, I'm talking, you know, short sentences. What's our worldview? You know the Torah. What's our worldview? Gregory, open us up. Generosity is a moral issue, gotcha. not a government issue. Oh, wow like it. Moral, not a government issue. I like that. Okay? I'd like you to extrapolate, but not yet. Alex, worldview. I would say the worldview, um, which some would consider even the system of social, um, socialism as we know it now, mm -hmm. would be similar to the Levitical priesthood, which they're reliant on the distribution of other people's wealth sure. to support their own sure. um, system which their system also gave as in um, retrospect to receiving. Sure, okay. Different. I like that you brought, brought up the Levites. So I'm going to move on, but I'm going to ask you to think about this. Who gave to the Levites? The government or the people? Micah, socialism, what's our worldview? I'm not sure I could properly answer a question between this class has been completed. Okay, that's a, that's a fair answer. I like it. Okay, Schmidley, what do you got? Our worldview. Our worldview with regard to socialism. You don't have to be eloquent for, against, interesting concept. All my friends want to be socialists. You know. Socialism is definitely an interesting concept in that if that were to become our government mm -hmm. we're instructed by the Torah to follow those of our government it, 
However, going by the Constitution, mm -hmm. which is higher the United States. the United States, we would then be, I mean, I'm not sure, but it could be that that is considered tyrannical. He would be forced to uprise against the government. Okay, so let's not, let's, not, let's not go over the cliff yet. <laughs> so This escalated real quick. Yeah. Wow, we went from socialism, bad revolt. Okay. All right, so we're, we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna, we're gonna hold on your revolutionary tactics, Paul Revere. Um, Josiah, how do you feel about socialism fitting into our worldview? I would say that it is a lure, lure. Hmm, nice for word. those who are not as familiar as with the concept as some others would be, and it is definitely not the best in the long term for the general population. Okay. Okay. It's not a very long-lasting investment for our government. I like that. Can you name six socialist governments that have lasted more than three years? No. Two? Any? Okay. So, I like that. If socialism seems to be... just, just generically outside our worldview, then what is our worldview with regard to economy? And secondarily, why would people want socialism? What's, what's driving that? What do they want? Alex, what, what do these socialists want? What, what do they not see our system of government, if you will, providing? Yeah. Well, they want security of some sort at okay. the expense of someone else. Okay. Socialism demands that if we're giving, then we must be taking, okay? And again, there's three of us who are making, producing. There are three of us, by and large, who are not yet, which is okay. But I remember uh, Rush Limbaugh saying, must have been 25 years ago, if Americans had to stroke a check for the taxes that the government were taking every single week when they got a paycheck, there'd be no more taxes. For some of us who are playing that balancing game, come the midst of April, some of us are stroking a check that'll feel like you're passing a kidney stone. What's the allure of socialism in today's one of the argument. things that gets the biggest headlines right now mm -hmm. is the victimization of unfortunate circumstances okay so in this case it is distracting to a lot of people to victimize those that are below the poverty line let's say okay and say they, they have absolutely no control over that, and we're all sitting around here doing nothing about it, mm -hmm. while all these people have billions of dollars, more money than they could even fill a swimming pool with gold and swim in. Mm -hmm. This isn't fair. Okay. So, so the, let's, the, the lure, so let's, oh. let's respond. You guys in the cheap seats. 
from a biblical worldview, what does the Torah say about poor people? The Torah says we are to help a brother out, to lend. To, well, to a fellow Jew. We are required to lend. Okay. Um, I would argue that we're also to remember and care for the stranger because we were strangers correct. in Egypt. So, who is it that's supposed to help the poor? The government or the individual? The individual. The individual. Because... The government itself should not be able to mandate. It should be the people's own free will to obey God. Okay. I like that. There's been a war on poverty in our country for some 35 years, 40 years. How are we doing? The same way we did a war on drugs. There you go. And in both cases, losers... Why would we not, biblically, be able to win a war on poverty? Because God said specifically, there will always be the poor. There will always be with you. Can you win the war on poverty? It's, it's, it's a lost lead. You're, you're not going to be able to. Okay. You had a comment to follow up, or no? We're good? Yeah. Levites. Talk to me. Okay, Who's uh, supposed to care for the Levites? Again, it's the people, the fellow um, brethren or tribes in this case, sure. yeah. who are supposed to um, allocate a portion of their um, proceeds mm -hmm. so that they can be able to do their job. Sure. So let me, uh, let me, let me pose a question now before we continue. Just play devil's advocate. This whole Bible stuff is not going to work unless you've got a theocracy. We don't have a theocracy. So we're hosed from the get-go. This is not going to work. How do you respond to that? Looking at me? I am looking at you. Yeah. I could look at someone else. Gregory, no, that's what it. do you think? <laughs> the, How about uh, that? I, there is... Our, gov our current government right now was founded on... Judeo-Christian principles nice. that were biblical. Good start. Good start. Now, there is a recognition that outside of the land, outside of Jerusalem, outside of the context of a physical location of Scripture, we have to follow the rest of the applicability of Scripture. As best we can. As best we can. And there is a lot of it that is still applicable within that we can follow that falls within the democracy that our country was founded upon. I would go so far as to remind us that when the children of Israel were in exile, what was going to get them out of exile? Keeping the commandments. Keeping the commandments. So you do, when you do they the were in exile, did they have a theocracy? They did not. They did not. So right now, we're in exile. We're mm -hmm. in one of the greatest countries in the land for sure. And we have to do our best. We look at scripture and see what's applicable to land and what's, what is applicable everywhere. And that's what our founding fathers did. And they said, here's stuff that is universal, doesn't apply specifically to the land of Israel. Let's absolutely adopt this and bake this into the Constitution of the United States. I like it. What were you going to say? 
So, I mean, just going back to you. You're going to have to speak louder so, so they can hear you. Going back to the point of the check, you're, I mean, if everybody pinned a check for everything, yeah. you know, taxes, yeah. if you think about it, if, if we only taxed for the government needs, and then if every one person in America who had a good conscience gave, say, $10 to the poor, there would not be any more poor. Although there will always be poor, but I get well, your point. There would be a much, much more less effective. Poor. Absolutely. It's interesting, when I was a boy, um, there were poor people in our neighborhood, but they had Cadillacs and televisions. When we compare the poor in America, by and large, those under that poverty, poverty line, that arbitrary defined uh, poverty line, are living high on the hog, as they said. Comment. Well, if I may, I was thinking about the Levite comment, because it's a really interesting one. And I wonder if it's set up, if like that Levitical system actually is more of a reflection of what type of government we have right now, where it's sort of like, you can almost see it like a tax, right? Like it was called a tithe, it was tithe to the Levites, but the purpose was, we are going to collectively pay for a service that you are designated to provide us. In this case, it was the service of the temple. Sure. In our case, I, it, it has really shifted my perspective greatly as uh, we've been learning through these uh, really cool kids' books called The Tuttle Twins. It's a series by a gentleman who's very conservative, very constitutionally minded, and he writes children's books to try to communicate some of these important principles yeah, to young people. And in the process, you end up getting a lot of good information. He talks a lot about taxes, and it was just recently that I my perspective on taxes has really shifted where working in the energy industry, like I see my tax dollars at work on the road that I drive. I see my tax dollars at work. We've been doing all of the state parks. So I pay state income tax. And I actually had a ranger, a park ranger at one point, we were at a, a state park and we said, man, your park is just so beautiful. And he was like, whoa, it's this your is your park. park. You yeah. paid for this with your tax dollars. And it, like, so the combination of all those things made me realize it's actually very similar from a Levite perspective. I don't want to be out there paving potholes. I don't want to be out there trying to upkeep all this forestry and sure. building bridges and boardwalks and stuff. No, no, no. I am actually, now, I, I, I feel so much less frustrated when I'm paying taxes because I've connected it to the services that I desire my state to provide, you know? So anyway, similarly, I feel like that may have been how the Levites were. I, I don't know how to kill this lamb. Sure. You gotta do it for me. And I think that's where socialism is misconstrued. I think the young generation, millennials and younger people love that, I don't know if it's the one before in Generation Y or Z, um, consider socialism as this form of system mm -hmm. where the government knows what is best for the people, so you, allocate or they distribute that wealth to those services that is needed where what the actual hardline view of socialism is completely the equilibrium of wealth throughout the whole entire right. population yeah. so it just doesn't exactly. radical as you said that was yeah, a good word you said yeah. what, what definition was that uh, Wikipedia? uh no but i will uh quote that uh at the end that is Radical redistribution of wealth. Because when you think about it now, and we go back to what you just said, if we, if, if we look at 
how the government works in socialism, then we can back up and, and look at this. So you work, and let's say you're parking cars, and you're parking cars at a high-end resort, and you're getting paid $15 an hour. It's a nice way. It is a nice place. It is a nice place. That's what I got paid. See, there you go. So $15 an hour, and you're parking cars. So uh, Gregory here owns the resort. And he's charging the customers 30 bucks to have valet parking. You park 100 cars in uh, four hours. How much money are you getting? Sixty bucks. You feel good about it. It's a good wage. Mm -hmm. But then somebody talks about socialism and how it's unfair. Because Gregory over here has how many parks? How many cars did you park? Six. No, one of a hundred. A hundred. How much money did you make? Three thousand. Three grand. You made three grand. He made sixty bucks. And the socialist says, "See, that's what I'm talking about." He did all the work. He got all the money. Why do you completely disagree with that? It's a lie. It's an it's absolute lie. lie. What did you do? You parked cars. What did he do? Paid me. Not only did he pay you, but how the did the resort lot. get there? Who paid to have the parking lot paved? Who paid to, to get the loan on credit? And build a thing. Who is it that when there's no cars to park still pays you? This is called free capitalism. Free market capitalism. It's not bad because he can actually hire your brother and provide for him as well. Now, if you want to be an entrepreneur and you want to lay out your capital and you want to take the risk, you can do that in a free market capitalist system. Because if you take the risk, you get the reward. Yes? Now I'm seeing socialism as more of a way for ungrateful and slightly... Lazy. Lazy or Not necessarily lazy. Not necessarily entitled. What's the word? I'm looking for a biblical word, and your, your segue is beautiful. This is exactly where I was going. What is it that drives socialism? What is the character trait? Greed. Or? On, mm, Tenth commandment. Covetous. Envy. Right? I'm coveting the guy that's getting the three grand for parking the cars. You're exactly right. The gratefulness of mm -hmm. how God has blessed them with this amount of money, they just want more. They're unsatisfied. unsatisfied. They, are, they are unsatisfied. They're not content, biblical not word, and probably are filled with envy. Good. Final comment before I continue. Well, it's like taking, like, how much money is Donald Trump have? A lot. <laughs> it's like taking billion. Donald Trump's money, he worked hard for it, mm -hmm. and giving it to his classmate who wrote notes in the middle of class. There you go. That would be, that would be the same way. Um, what would be one way that he could demonstrate that he's not that way? 
President Trump? How could he demonstrate that he recognizes that he already has a lot of money and he cares for the country? Give it to a charity. Give what to charity? Money. His money. He gives a lot to charity. There's a better way. And I know Gregory knows what it is. What is it? It's called reinvesting to provide more jobs. That's good too. And he's actually doing that at the country level. What's he doing? Right. He is the only president I've ever heard of who has taken the minimum amount of salary of $1 for himself and the rest of the presidential salary is going directly to charity. He's only giving, one in history I've ever heard of. He's giving back. He is the only one. He's giving back the salary we are obligated to pay him to be the president of the United States. And that's a pretty fair sum. The hardest it's job, arguably, the hardest job in the world, leader of the free world, making a dollar a year. So some would say that socialism means being kind. Because you're looking at the poor people and you want to be kind to them. So somebody should take care of them. There's two problems, right? What's the number one? It's Some, not kindness. Well, it's not, ultimately, but we'll get there. Someone should take care of these people. What's, right. what's what the first about, problem? What about you? Yeah. What are you doing? I mean, <laughs> if, I mean, if you're concerned about this guy, give him some money. You know. Second problem. Money you want to give them to somebody else? Exactly. If, if you're not going to give them money, but you believe that they should be given money, you're saying that you want somebody else to give them money. And if they're not doing it, it should be taken from them. That's not kind. If kindness were socialism, if socialism were kindness, then John D. Rockefeller would probably be the most socialistic or kind man that you could ever believe. Except for inflation, that man gave away nearly $10 billion in his lifetime, more than any other man known in history. Look at Warren Buffett. Okay. So Gates, these guys give away millions and millions and millions and millions of dollars. Is that socialism? No. That's kindness. The two are not the same. It's generosity. It is. So let's look at a couple things in the Bible real quick, okay? Um, in Luke chapter 12, guy comes up to Yeshua. He says, Lord, tell my brother to share his inheritance with me. How would the master do with that one? Wow, you're right. I can't believe he's not giving you anything. We should force him to do that. Let me... Uh, that's not in my Luke 12. What did he do? What did he say to the guy? Who made me master over you? I don't have any purview over your money. I don't have any purview over his money. What was the brother asking for? A radical redistribution of the wealth that her, their father had left them. Yeshua didn't buy into it. What about the parable of talents? You familiar with that one? Yes. How many guys you got? Five. Three. Four. No. We're down to three now. <laughs> yeah, so you got three guys. You're thinking about the number of talents. So you yeah. got three guys. One guy gets a bunch of talents. One guy gets less talents. And one guy gets one talent. Who 
What, what, did, what did everybody do with it? What did the first guy do? He invested. He invested it. Here. And did he get more? Double. Double. No. What did the second guy get? What did he do? He invested. He invested it. He also ended up with more. What did the third guy do? Hit it. Okay. He buried it. Just buried it. Why? He, he, he said something along the lines Yeah, I forget what he said. Why did he do it? He didn't want to lose it. He didn't want to lose it. Did he lose it? Yes. Yeah. Ultimately, yes. Yeah. Taxation does that. Inflation. So, yeah, inflation does too. What? What was the response? Who got praised? The two who invested. The two that invested it got praised. What's this called? Socialism? Capitalism. Capitalism. We invest our money, we gain a profit. And profit is not a dirty word. Go. And to that point, because he made double, who lost? Did anyone lose money because he made double? No. No one. In fact, one could argue people made out. People yeah. were helped because people pay for a service, services are provided, and so forth. Yeah. You know, there's a socialist tendency in that because the response of the first man is, I know you reap where you do not sow. His concept was, if I make a profit, you're going to get the reap the benefit of that. And I'm going to not get any of it. That's what the last guy said. Right. You know, you're, so, you're a hard so man. So it's the same socialist concept like, why would I make you money when I get very little with nothing? Exactly. Like which so, really is a which is, And I mean, could you imagine if our country had that attitude? I mean, the country is what it is today because there were so many selfless men and women in the country's history that said, I don't care what how much money I'm I'm going to make from this, I'm going to make a difference. I'm going to make the world a better place. Right. Instead of thinking, well, how much will this make me? Well, if I do this and he does that, then he's going to make more and I won't, so I probably shouldn't do anything. Like, that is not the attitude that our country has gotten our country to where it is today. Exactly right. And, and the bottom line is their, their fundamental focus was if I provide a service or a product that people want, they will pay me for it. What about those money changers? The master made a whip out of a cord and ran them out. It's pretty obvious he's not into capitalism, free market economy. He didn't want the money changers around. What say you? No one said he didn't want them around. He just said he didn't want them stolen in the temple. So it wasn't what they were doing. It was where they were doing it. Is there any evidence that he pushed money changers out of a bank? No. no. Out of the marketplace? No. 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 Okay. I he, he took the marketplace out of the temple. Thank you. The temple Nicely should, put. No. There was never a sanctioned market. Correct. Yeah. Exactly right. So, back to the poor. Um, who is it that's supposed to remember the widow and the orphan? Isn't it the government? Yeah. Are you sure? Yeah. Who is it? Us, the individual. The individual. It's us. We are supposed to remember them. When we are blessed by God, we are to remember the Lord. Amen. All right. We got one more. The Samaritan. The English title calls him the Good Samaritan. The Bible doesn't. But the Samaritan. What happened? Who can tell me? Tell me. What happened? 
What's the story about this Samaritan? So, a man was walking on a road. Traveler. Traveler was walking on a road. And he got ambushed and... Bandits! Supposedly beaten to death. Pretty darn close. And He's laying there in a pulp, all bloodied up. What happens? So, a Levite, if I remember correctly. Priest. Priest walks by and he's... Oh! He's in really bad shape, but... I can't, I can't risk my holiness. I can't risk my. It's the color commentary from here. That's yeah. good. Okay, and so we get the priest, and then the Levite. The, then the Levite, and same kind of same, scenario. Yeah. Walks right past. Then the Samaritan. What did he do? He walks over, picks him up, puts him on the back of his donkey. He didn't call for an Uber. Nope. Okay, go. And he carries him to the next place where there's an inn. Okay. And pays. For his medical bills. Oh, so no, wait, wait, wait. You mean you mean he turned in some kind of paperwork to get reimbursed for medical problems during a travel excursion? No, no. What did he use to help this man? His own money. His own money. He used his own finances. Mm -hmm. What do we call that? Selflessness. Selflessness. Generosity. Kindness. I don't know. I don't know. Kindness. Generosity. Really? Generosity is. Good. He did give. Yeah. In this case, is he? He gave medical. Oh, I see. Because the guy couldn't say thank you because his mouth was all tore up. It's not generous. <laughs> Come on! It's because he wasn't generous. The guy never yeah, yeah, it's generosity. I mean, sorry, that just. I know. It, it rubs you wrong. But it's okay. All right. The point is the Samaritan was lifted up for his thoughts. For his actions, what made his actions noteworthy? That he was the fact that a priest and me not even walk right past. No, what made his actions noteworthy? Not what made theirs deplorable. That supplements it, but it's the fact that he did it of his own will. He did not under a government, and the, there was no mandate for him to do it. And third. He spent money. And we're also He's, talking. What about the widow who put the mite in the box? She, what made her noteworthy? That that was all um, I think all that the money that she had. It was the money. She put in her money. Socialism doesn't want to put in any money. Socialism is predicated upon receiving money from the government. And this, so far, doesn't seem to line up very well. It's true. I've also heard that Bernie Sanders is worth like 2.5 million. How about that, huh? So, there doesn't appear to be evidence for socialism in the scripture, uh, perhaps more evidence for a free market economy. My last example, guy owns a vineyard. You familiar with this story? He's gonna hire a bunch of guys. I know, you think they're Mexicans. Not necessarily. He hires a bunch of guys to come pick in his vineyard. How would you describe this man who did that? Good for wealthy. the society. He might be wealthy. Entrepreneur. An entrepreneur. Good for the society. It may be. Provides jobs. Lazy. <laughs> I would 
argue that as a business owner, and that's how I would describe him, as a business owner. And if you want to call a business owner lazy because he won't do his own work, then you don't understand capitalism. So this guy is a business owner, and he hires people. If he wasn't a business owner, the people he hired would get how much money? None from him. So he is helping society. He is helping his community. So how did it go in the field? We're bringing in some good stuff. Towards the end of the day, he's only got about an hour left. He realizes what? He still needs more. I need more people. Yeah, I need some more hands picking. So what's he do? Hires more people for the same wage. He hires more people. He offers them a wage. Tell me, what's the point of the story? That he was good for the community, that he created jobs, that he was paying people? What was the point of the story? What happened when he, when he hired the last few guys? The first guys. The first guys did what? Complained. Wait a second. You're going to give them the same pay you gave us? We've been working all day. What's that attitude? Yeah. Just think about it. I mean, no matter how hard you work, you agreed to work for the for the certain amount. This is called voluntary contracts. Right. And it's a fundamental part of a free market economy. I'm gonna hire you for a wage. You agree, then I gotta pay you that if you work. They agreed. So is there a problem? No. And what does the owner say hey, to these guys? It's like, I agree to pay you this amount. Why should I? I mean, if I want to pay them this amount, it's my money. Why shouldn't I? And that was the key. It's my money. Can't I spend it whatever way I wish? Do you know what that is? Free market capitalism. And a great example of supply and demand. There was a supply of workers, but there was a greater demand, and that greater demand for workers raised the wage. That's how capitalism works. It's amazing. I think there's a, a fundamental misconception that if, left, if people left to their own devices, they will not be generous. They, if they are wealthy, therefore they are greedy. This is a common misconception. Yes. And so then people jump to the conclusion that, well, we just need to take it from them because they have too much. And, the, and if left to their own device, if we do nothing, these people will die of starvation or they will be in sure. such unlivable conditions so, that it will be terrible. So what's, what is very interesting, though, is I think we see another biblical example of what actually happens when people of their own free will have an opportunity to contribute to something when they see a need. And that's with the temple, yeah. and uh, in, the, in the particular, the, uh, the tabernacle, actually, in the wilderness, where they're collecting. Stop! And stop! Moshe stop. has to tell them, that's enough. We, have, we, we don't need any more. There's too much. And the reason, the, one of the great lessons uh, that I have heard about that, someone pointed out, is... That's what happens when people feel connected to what it is that they're giving to. Yes. When they recognize a need, 
Because that's actually entrepreneurial. When you recognize a need and say, I'm going to start a business that's going to fill that need, it's the same concept when you're walking down the street and you see a guy and you know that you could give him $1,000 and change his life right now. Of course you're going to do it. And you're going to feel really good about it. But when someone takes that from you and you you disconnect the, the like amazing divine aspects of tzedakah then it's it's just going to be a transaction and therefore you're right you are going to make people exactly that's why government closest to home governs best yes because the people understand you're taking this money from me because of this value that i'm going to receive but when you take money from me and pay for abortions like planned parenthood Right. I get bitter, and I want to not pay those taxes. All right. One last thing here before we start to you know quickly uh, question what we're doing. How is it that we have the ability to make wealth? God. That's always the right answer, isn't it? If it's not God, it's Jesus. Right. I get it. Okay. So God. What about God? He blesses us with a job, the ability to work. And I'm looking for a direct quote. I'll, I'll call it Deuteronomy 8.18 if you want, but if you have to look it up. But it is, it is God who gives you the ability to make wealth. I submit to you now, based on everything we've discussed, not only is socialism not supported or promulgated in the scripture, but... Based on Deuteronomy 8.18, if you want to undermine making personal wealth or free market capitalism, I would argue that you are undermining the scripture and the very nature of God. It's right there. A man who does not work, Proverbs, should not eat. If we look at uh, the uh, ethical moorings of the Jewish communities and, uh, and look at the, uh, the Code of Jewish Law, the Shulchan Aruch, um, you should have money set aside for your community. This is based on the third tithe. It's right there. Somebody comes passing through and they need food, you should feed them. If they're going to be staying there for a while and they're not working, you should not. Simple as that. So, how do we respond to these people who think that socialism is a good idea? Whether or not they think it's supported in the Bible, we now understand fully well that our worldview does not support socialism, but rather free market capitalism. And that we should be making wealth because it is God who allows us to do that and enables us to do so. Is it any wonder that Jews, down through history, have always been looked down upon? Why? Because they always have money. Why do they always have money? Because they follow the scripture. So, how do we respond? What's, what's, what's some good answers to, for example, Gregory used one of the phrases I hear a lot now. He's got too much money. I don't think anyone ever said that about me. 
but they have had said, you have too many guns. <laughs> I have a serious problem with that. Yes. Who are you to tell me that I've got too many guns if the Second Amendment says that my freedom to keep, that means here in the house, and bear, that means on my person, arms shall not be infringed, infringed limited, curtailed. That means you can't have too many. I feel the same way about dollar bills, actually $100 bills. I don't think you can have too many. And I don't think anyone should curtail that. What tell you? I agree. Yeah, because you're, you're exactly right. The, the, it's very sneaky, but they are always going to point to this ethereal, wealthy person. They may even start naming names of sure. people. Sure. Most of the time they leave Bill Gates out of it because they he did have a very generous fund that yes. he... Uh, promote, but most, uh, most wealthy people do. Yeah. Have you noticed that the name Levine is on darn near every building that has anything to do with religious, historical, museum, or cultural identity? I go to a college. Right. Levine. Right. Yeah. I mean, I'm I'm helping uh, at the Chabad house now, and the sanctuary. I wanted to put an access wireless access point like that one over there, right over the door. And the rabbi said, "Wait, well, you can't put it right there." And I said, well, actually, that's the perfect place to put it. And he goes, oh, no, 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 no. The Levine Foundation paid for the sanctuary. So we have to put the Levine Foundation over the door. We have to put the name in there. So we can't, you can't put the AP there. I get that. I didn't know, but I get it. He donated the money. Very charitable. Nothing wrong with that. How can they possibly be charitable unless they've made money? Okay, I've got three examples plus... The scripture behind that to support why capitalism has some flaws. I'm ready. You've got a guy on the street selling elixir which has ethylene glycol that he says will restore your hair and give you longevity. Sure. He sells it to you and it kills you. Yeah. You've got a meat owner who's processing. Wait, 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 wait. Let's let's respond real quick. Well, I was going to give you the three then and then let you respond. Okay, good. I don't want you to get sidetracked. Gotcha. You've got a meat owner who it's creating food, there's rats, there's insects, it's created, it's, it's, it's disgusting. A book called The Jungle was created as a result of that yep. because of these unsanitary. You've got children working in factories all hours of the time, mm -hmm. having to squeeze through really small pinching devices where they're losing fingers. Mm -hmm. And then you also have scripture where someone is trying to be unfair, do, do a crooked thing, um, take advantage of someone, and um, they're required to, um, by law, pay a penalty for doing that if they ever caught or um, if they um, actually damage someone else's property, mm -hmm. which has to be enforced by what we would consider an authority figure. There is no question we are in just finished team, So we are to appoint judges and police officers in order to not only keep the peace, mm -hmm. but to maintain proper order. So what, uh, what happens to the guy who sells the elixir and someone dies. What should happen? Get arrested. It's against the law. Okay. Manslaughter. Okay. Have to stop. Suppose a guy just prevent. gets suppose a guy just gets sick. See, I haven't used the word capitalism without prefacing it with free market. So if you own a sweatshop, 
and you're using little kids to make your clothing and they're not able to go to school because you're forcing them to work and we find out about this, then the market is free to not buy. That's free market capitalism. That's how that should get fixed. If we find out that Schmedley over here is selling bread at a higher price than the guy down the road, who's going to buy bread from him unless they're a visitor and don't know better or an idiot? Or if his bed is a better, if the bread is better quality, then that's not what I said. Now you've got different. I want to point right. out though, there's a lot of apathetic people who just don't care at what price something is done as long as you profit from it. What I'm trying to point out is regulation is necessary. Sometimes. Um, you can say the free market protects itself with legal fees. So if you do something, you get to sue them. That'll keep plants from dumping toxic water into streams. No. Not because the government says don't, because all EPA is going to do is $10,000 fine. But if the person who gets sick off of it says, I'm suing you for $2 million, sure, that's going to keep them from doing it. Sure. We also have, in a free market, the ability to sue. We have the ability not to buy. And it can affect commerce. It always has. It, the only time the free market doesn't self-regulate is when the government gets involved. Coin. We're actually paying you, everyone here. Well, you, you guys are, but we are paying farmers to not plant. What? It's amazing. Comment. Uh, that's actually why um, federal. I think there's um, market or whatever, and then there's federal. Except I can't remember the word. Federal policy. That's why federal policy is always the last option. It literally should never be done unless there's no way except for the government to pull it out of the tank. We don't want to digress into how our government works and how local governments, state governments, and then the federal government um, step in. But again, back to socialism. If the government is going to say, you made a lot of money, you have too much money. We have to take some of that money to give to Schmedley here. What do we call that in the Bible? Theft. Theft. Taxation is also equated with theft <laughs> many times. I have a shirt that actually has that taxation. Theft. Yeah. A white van is going to pick him up one day. You know. Yes, sir. So, oh, wait, wait. Oh, I had, yeah, go ahead. I had Shorty here. Back to the theft. Yes. Oh, you mean taxes? Nope. No. Yeah. And also to your point that many a persons have said that you perhaps might have too many firearms in your house, mm -hmm. which I do not think you do not. Thank you. I realize that the only person who can actually say you have too much is yourself. And that, I'm guessing, is one of the driving points of generosity. You have way, I have way too many... I have way too much money. What am I going to do with all this? How can I... Well, if I buy stuff, that's just going to cause a bigger home where I'm going to put all this stuff. Okay? I can 
help other people exactly. buy stuff. And you actually Generosity. have you actually have a story about that in the scripture as well. In Matthew, the master talks about this guy. He says, I'm rich, fat, dumb, and happy. I've got, you know, all my stuff in barns. I'm ready to go. What am I going to do? Let's tear, tear down the barns. Bigger barns. He's not concerned about his soul. He's not concerned about his relationship with God. And he's not concerned about people. It's a big problem. Go. What you said just made me think of uh, a good thing for us to keep in mind, especially when you guys are communicating. But when you hear, like, give back to society, that should be a big red flag. Because that, that is one of the, the tenets of socialism is that you haven't been giving back to society in that you are working in a society. So giving back to society, right? So like as Josiah was pointing out, I have too much money, I should give back to society. That's completely wrong because you have been all along. So if you choose to give more of the time, but anyway, stay away from that phrase. I was going to maybe ask, because those were some really good points about when greed takes over a business and its negative effects. I just wonder if that has anything to do with capitalism, because I think you can find examples of those types of businesses being run in communist governments and socialist governments. It's it's a moral issue, you know, mm-hmm. and and that's where I agree that there like some forms of regulation, especially when it's the people that vote in the regulation mm-hmm. because they recognize these poor practices taking place. I, I agree. I think that's a good thing, but I, I also think it's neat that our country has things like protections for free speech for whistleblowers mm-hmm. too. When a sweat person in a sweatshop just can't take it anymore and says, that's it, this isn't right, and they stand up and say something, to your point, about the way that a free market runs, I mean, I, I follow, I don't invest right now, but I follow a lot of stocks, and it is unbelievable the power of the press when it comes to the stock market. A couple pieces of news can swing stocks by billions of dollars, and that they feel that in their pocket, and they will make changes when stuff like that happens. So I, I totally agree. Like I definitely didn't want to gloss over because that is an excellent point, and I feel like that's exactly why righteous men, like the people in this room, need to be the ones starting businesses because there is a there's biblical instruction for how you are supposed to run your business and, and I can tell you it is not you're supposed about to pay your people and how you're supposed win. to pay your people and it is not about how much money you make it is about the impact that you have that's right. and when you that's your focus money will come later but you are you know that you're doing the right thing anyway so yeah yeah in our world view this is effective because we fear that's our right. creator exactly. that's exactly right what I'm trying to say is our worldview, is it effective in the worldview? In that they don't have fear of the creator. Right. So these tendencies that I spoke about was all curbed by regulation due to the government, by creating antitrust so that way there can't be monopolies, FDA so that way it regulates um, food and drugs. Sure. I'm, and not, I'm not denying that the government can assist but I think Gregory's right. It really comes down to a moral problem. If, if the community were to pull that owner aside and straighten him out, we wouldn't need government regulation. The community did that, but they wore white hoods and on horses and that's, beat people. That's the wrong, kind of, wrong kind of community. Right. But, but I, I hear you. you know, and, um, unfortunately, the, the beauty of capitalism is balanced 
with the tendency for men to be greedy or dishonest, quite frankly, um, which is one of the reasons why our founding fathers said that our form of government was wholly inadequate for a non-Christian people. There's nobody that's going to make you keep the laws of our land or the laws of God. If you don't want to do it from inside, no power can make you do it. So we are a fallen people. So there you go. Final comments on socialism. I still didn't hear any good answers to, um, I think that, uh, I think that the, the taxes, we need to tax the rich. How does that work? They're already being taxed. I can assure you they're already being taxed. They're paying more, I mean, they're paying more t money in taxes than we are, right? The top 2% so of the people who make money Top two percent pay ninety-eight percent of the taxes. The bottom fifty percent. I beg your pardon. The over fifty percent of the population of our country today is receiving assistance from the government. That means one out of two people. Every other person is receiving some type of check from the government. Where is that check coming from? Us. The rich people. The rich. The funny thing about Not the rich. No, everybody. Us. Everybody's right. paying taxes. Oh. Or, or paying these other people for whatever reason. The interesting thing, and I can see why, actually this is where um, I think this is good, is um, one of the reasons that socialism has such a strong base is that it's taking the younger people in because Younger people like me, we hear things like social securities is like, I bankrupt. bankrupt. And it's like, well, we're still paying taxes for a system where we're not going to see anything when we reach that age. And it's right. like, oh, I don't want to do that. I want to have the money. I, I, but I mean, well. But again, social, um, social security is bankrupt because of the same system we're talking about is failure. We give more money than we'll ever receive from that system. That's right. How are they misappropriating? This is yeah. what happens when you centralize the, the Social Security the Trust Fund yeah. was raided by the government years and years and years ago. And it needs to be fixed. Who's supposed to fix it? The government. No, There's us. no such thing as the government. Us. Our representatives are supposed to fix it. When they don't fix it, what do we do? Vote them out. Vote them out. Do we need, here's, here's a thought, do we need term limits? Yes. Nancy yes. Pelosi has been in power in Congress for what, 47 years or something? So you think we need term limits. I say term limits, and if you vote for term limits, you are voting to take away the people's rights. This moron over here has put Nancy Pelosi into office year after year after year. That's his constitutional right. If he wants to do it, let him do it. That's right. You cutting off his ability to have the free right to vote for his representative, you've got no right to do that. We don't need term limits. We have term limits. Two years for representatives, four years for presidents, possibly eight, six years for senators, and eight for a president who gets elected twice. There are term limits. If you don't want them there, vote them out. Don't force another politician out because you don't want him there. It's not your call. It's his constituents.
Yes, sir. They've actually been struggling with the concept of term limits. What happens if in the first year, the man that you elected, or woman, or woman that you elected does something that you do not want, and, but you cannot vote him out for another year, two years, three years, five they, years. They do work for you. And he does more and more and more. You do, they do work for you. But so you cannot you, vote him out for years. You're correct, come. you cannot. However, if it's so egregious, you can ask the rest of the government entity, Senate, House, whatever it may be, to bring him uh, charges against him. However, if he's just not representing you the way you wanted, then he was a liar. Vote him out. That's why we have term limits. You can also write letters. Constantly. Uh, demonstrations. Uh, submit news articles. That's right. I mean, there's, there's ways that you can expose the issues. The P word gets thrown around all the time. Or... Impeachment, sorry. Oh, yeah. yeah sorry, I yeah. You can't really impeach a senator or a congressman. I was going to say, you have a good question about the taxes on the ultra-wealthy, yes. to borrow some phraseology from the Democrats. But I do agree. I believe it was in one of the debates that President Trump had pointed out, someone was pointing out, how he's like, he was like the only one who suggested actually lowering taxes for wealthy people. Right. And, you know, everybody's freaking out about that. His logic is sound, though. It if has these been people, demonstrated to be so. Right. If these people are the wealthiest in our country, that means they know something. And they know something about building wealth and therefore building jobs and, and therefore building our economy. Yeah. The last thing we want is them a leaving our country or being strangled economically. Strangled economically, we want them to keep that going. It's the engine of yes. capitalism. Yes, yes, that actually made sense. It worked during the Reagan era. They called it and, and made fun of it as trickle down economics and so forth. But it, they were some of our most prosperous years until now. We have the lowest unemployment rate. More people are working. The economy is booming. Inflation is virtually gone. Um, Why? Because they lower taxes so dramatically that even a small business like me felt that impact. Mm -hmm. And I tripled my workforce. And by the way, um, these holiday workers that are coming in, their minimum wage is having to be increased because the um, level of unemployment is so low That's right. mm -hmm. that the minimum wage is increased because of the demand for right. supply. Yeah, right. The, the supply and demand has, has done it. So it's the free market economy. Cool. I think we've made some good points. Um, I hope that, you know, when somebody starts talking about socialism, you can gently help them see a different perspective um, without jumping down their throat and calling them a communist, which is not a socialist. Right. Right? You know the difference? Yes, sir. I ended up finding like 20 articles online about communism is socialism. Well, communism is socialism with a religious aspect. Socialism means that the government controls the economy and the direction of it and radically redistributes wealth. But communism does the same thing, but brings in a religious component, not allowing you to worship as you please, and they are who are to be worshipped. Doesn't communism hold like a firm grip on people? Like tell you what you can work for, what your job is? Socialism does the same thing in its purest form. In, in, uh, in communism, 
the military is involved more in, in the economic work than just government entities. Is another difference, too, that a socialist government is a little more distributed and a communist government is a lot more like Central, one guy? Central, yeah, it's, well, it's normally a tater. Yeah, yeah. it's more, yeah. Um, so Venezuela was a prospering capitalist country. And uh, when Mr. Maduro took over, he turned it into a socialist economy. And it used to be used as a socialist to say, look, see, it's working in Venezuela. It's great. And now people are being shot in the streets. People cannot get any food. People are leaving by droves. It's horrible. Cool. Good. I, uh, I think our worldview is decidedly against socialism and the concept that uh, the Bible teaches and supports in any way. Socialism is not only comical, but is absolutely untrue. Um, a lot of my notes came from uh, Prager University. Uh, they did uh, a five-minute video um, a couple of months ago, I think. Uh, was Jesus a socialist? Mm -hmm. I encourage you to go on YouTube and search for that. Um, if you're uh, a young person, you may not be able to see it because uh, Prager use videos are being filtered away from the people that need to see them and they're going before the Supreme Court in order to uh, fix that little problem. So are they suing the... They're suing Google. Oh, suing Google. They are. I thought you meant YouTube. Filtering. YouTube is owned by Google and YouTube is doing uh -huh. the filtering. Yeah. I didn't know that. I'm not surprised YouTube is kind of, I'm not actually that surprised YouTube is hanging down on Content. They are uh, also demonetizing most, if not all, firearms channels because really? they don't want people to learn about firearms, how cool they are, you know, the good use of self-defense and so forth. I, I bet you probably heard that the NRA in California called the NRA a terrorist organization. They did, yes. Formerly called them a domestic terrorist organization, which means that they've totally lost their mind. Gregory, would you like to close us in prayer, sir? Sure. Good comments, gentlemen. Thank you very much. Avinu Malkeno, our Father, our King, we are so grateful that you have given us the power to get wealth. We're so grateful for the amazing financial blessings that you have blessed us with. We're grateful to live in this amazing country, and we know that we are protected and we are blessed solely because of you, and we are grateful for that, Father. We pray for the peace of our country. We pray that we would continue to be wise in the marketplace as we encounter others who may share a different worldview. We pray that you would help us be gracious with our speech and wise with our response. We pray that for the peace of Israel as well, Father, yeah. that you would continue to provide your protection over them and open up doors and opportunities for us to visit more often to experience your land as you intended us to, Father. We pray for the coming of Messiah Yeshua quickly in our days. And it is in his name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Greg.